Thanks for tuning in to Next Level Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at nextlevelchurch.net. Hello to everyone that's here, and I want to say hi to everyone watching online. So excited for you guys to be here as we continue our series entitled, The Tension is Good. Somebody say, Tension. That's your cue. Somebody say, Good. Good. The tension is good. Last week we talked about, we don't like tension, but progress cannot happen without some tension. Any area of your life that you want to improve on, it's going to take some form of tension. The reason we don't change is because we don't like tension. Now, here's something that I want to give you a commentary on our culture. Our culture is constantly trying to get us to choose sides. It's constantly trying to say, pick a side. If you're not for us, you are against us. And I reject that completely. Our culture is constantly saying, black lives matter. All lives matter. You have to choose. No, you don't have to choose. Here's what I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose to follow Jesus. And Jesus said to treat others the way that you want to be treated. So when someone doesn't look like me, I treat them the way that I would want to be treated if I didn't look like them. If someone has a job that's different than me, I'm going to treat them the way that I would want to be treated if I had their job. No matter any relationship, any person, as Christians, we are called to treat others the way that we want to be treated. We don't have to choose. A lot of these things that our culture is saying, you must choose. You have to pick a side. The problem with picking a side is you lose the tension. And when you lose the tension, you lose something that is actually good in your life. There are some people who will say things like, I just struggle to believe in God because I'm more of a science person. You don't have to choose. You don't have to pick between science and faith. These two things can coexist together in tension. There's going to be some tension. There's going to be some times where they don't feel very comfortable. There's going to be some times where you're like, I don't know how they fit together, but they do. I promise you, the more you dive into science, the more amazing you find out that God is. These two things can coexist. Someone reached out to me one time and said that they struggled with faith because they had doubt. And I said, welcome to the club. Like, everyone has some, some doubt. I don't know anyone that doesn't have doubt. And this person said, but I can't believe until I don't have any doubts. And I said, well, these two things are supposed to live in tension with one another. If you are waiting to believe in Jesus to where you have zero doubts, you're never going to believe because there's always some doubts about something about God. These things live in tension. You don't have to choose one or the other. In life, there are some problems that need to be solved. But more than that, there are tensions that need to be managed. And in every relationship that you have, there will be tensions that you have to learn to manage. Your go-to response when conflict may happen in a relationship, your go-to response may be to cut people out. It may be to avoid people. It may be to uh, ignore them or to fight with them and yell at them. But I'm telling you, God has placed certain people in your life, and those people will bring some tension, and you are actually in disobedience of God if you try to cut away a relationship with them. And I'm going to show you this in our scripture for today. Um, but before we get there, I want to give you this, this idea. If you're taking notes, you can write this down or feel free to take a picture of it on the screen. God gives us relationships in order to refine us. We cannot be refined without some tension. 
So God gives us relationships in order to refine us, but we cannot be refined without some type of tension. And this is what our text is going to show us today. At Next Level, we honor the text. The way that we do that is by standing to our feet, reading it nice and loud. So I want to invite you to stand on your feet. Read with me Ephesians 5, 21. When we get to the reference, we like to have a little bit of fun. You see two dots between the 5 and the 21. We just pump our fists and say dot, dot, and want to invite you to uh, do the dot, dot with us. Will you read it with me nice and loud? It says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Ephesians 5, dot, dot, 21. Now that we've read the text, let's go to God in prayer. And I want to give you just a moment to pray and to talk to God. And uh, specifically, I want to encourage you to pray a prayer that just says, God, would you speak to my heart and would you help me to do whatever you tell me to do? We spend a few seconds just quietly talking to God. God, that is our prayer, that you would speak to our hearts, no matter where we're at, God, that you would help us to truly hear what you want us to hear, that we would get out of your way, that we would listen to you, and that we would obey and do what you tell us to do. And God, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, you are my rock and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So um, every relationship will have some tension. There are some unhealthy things in some relationships. Those are things that we call toxic traits. There are some things that are forms of manipulation. There are forms of abuse. And if you are ever in a relationship that has some of those, then you need to know that's not a tension to manage. That's something that you set a boundary on and you separate from. But can we just talk just for a second that most of our relationships are not the high level of toxic Most of the relational struggles that we have are not because someone is abusive. It's because someone is imperfect. It's not because someone is is like intentionally hurting us. It's that people get on our nerves. In relationships, every relationship that you have, you will have some tension. It's been said that in dating, opposites attract. So here I have a, a, a knife and I have a knife sharpener. And these two things actually go together. Like they need one another. And in the dating phase, these two things love each other. My life is incomplete without you. You complete me. I love you. This gets sharp because of this. But then in the marriage phase, what happens is they start looking at their differences and they don't like them. You don't sharpen me like I sharpen you. Well, you're boring and dull and don't have anything to do without me. And we fight with one another. The way relationships are supposed to work is they are supposed to sharpen one another. But every relationship, every relationship that you have starts off saying, ooh, I like those differences. In fact, there's something inside of us that knows we are better together. And so when you meet someone that is opposite from you, you're like, ooh, I like that. They complete me. They make me better. But once the honeymoon phase ends, we go from liking those differences to saying, I don't like those differences. And this is where our our scripture is going to come in today. Our scripture is uh, one of the most potentially controversial scriptures in all of the Bible. And it's a scripture that constantly gets pushed back on, and, uh, and especially people in our culture who do not understand the Bible, they want to resist this verse, and they, they don't want to like it. But I'm telling you that the verse that we are going to study tonight, it is the key to every single godly relationship. It is the key. 
And if you reject it or you push back on it, I think it will show you that you have struggles in your relationships without this. What I want to tell you right off the bat, though, is that this is a scripture that it has a word that may trigger some of you. The word we've already just read the scripture together. The word is submit. And this word submit, it does not mean what our culture teaches about submit. It probably doesn't mean what you think submit might mean. In fact, some of you, maybe you grew up in churches and you've heard this taught, and I don't know how you heard it taught, but I want you to just make sure, whether you've heard this taught before or not, I want to ask you to just sit back and relax to release some of your judgments and do not form an opinion until you hear the entire explanation of this verse. Because I'm telling you, this verse is so important. It is mentioned multiple times in scriptures and without it, you cannot have healthy relationships. But you will miss the point of this if you get hung up on that word submit. Before we get into the verse, though, I just want to ask you a, a question, a question to wrestle with, because this is a kind of controversial verse for some. And here's the question. As a follower of Jesus, am I aligning my life with what the Bible teaches? You see, there's way too many people who come to the Bible and they like the things that they like. And then anytime they come to something they don't like, they just dismiss it. They ignore it. They say it doesn't apply. Can I just tell you that Scripture is going to hurt your feelings sometimes? And Scripture is going to tell you things that you don't like. And the point of Scripture is not to coddle you or to make you feel great about yourself. The point of Scripture is to refine us. It's to make us better. It's to sharpen us. So I don't know what you've grown up hearing about this word submit. And you may feel challenged by it tonight, but can I just tell you that's the point of Scripture. Don't resist it or push away it or you will miss out. If you are a Christ follower, our goal is to align ourselves with what Scripture teaches and do what it says, even when we don't like it. In fact, Scripture doesn't care about your opinion about it. Scripture is not insecure. It's not trying to please you. It's not trying to, to be your friend. It is trying to help you become more like Jesus. So with that being said, let's dive into our scripture. Ephesians 5, 21. It says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, if you keep reading the verses after this, you will see that Paul, who's the author of this, he gives specific directions to wives and to husbands, and then he goes on to talk about kids. This falls into a section where Paul is giving very practical teachings on the Christian family. And he's saying, if you're a family and you're a Christian, here are the things that you should do. These are the things that you should practice. And the start of this entire section is the verse that we read today, which says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, when I hear that word submit, I immediately think of like MMA fighting where someone is like twisting an arm and like trying to break it off and you're tapping out and you're like, I'm done, I'm done. Well, this does not make sense right away because the verse says submit to one another. If the idea was to force people to do what you wanted them to do, we wouldn't have healthy relationships. So there's something else going on with this verse. In fact, I think this is something insightful that I wish I was taught more of when I was growing up in the church. Submission does not mean obedience. In fact, you cannot find one time in the scriptures where it tells wives or husbands to obey the other person. You can't. The word submission does not mean obedience. In fact, in the New Testament, which is written in Greek, there is a separate word for obedience than there is for submission. 
So if you are linking submission and obedience, you're already off track. Let me show you what these words are. The Greek word in the New Testament for obey or obedience is the word hupako. Can you just humor me and say hupako? One, two, three. You guys are amazing. And it means to listen under. The idea of hupako is to do what you are told to do. To listen and then do. That's what the, the Greek word hupako means. So in the scriptures, obey simply means to follow a command, to conform or to comply with an order. So in the scriptures, children are told to obey their parents. But wives are not told to obey their husbands. And husbands are not told to obey their wives. What they are told to do is to submit to one another. So the Greek word for submit is different than the Greek word for obey. The Greek word for submit is hupatasso. Can you humor me again and say hupatasso? One, two, three. You guys are now bilingual. Look at you speaking Greek. And it is a military term that literally means to rank under. So submitting is not being forced to do something that you do not want to do. Submitting is when, for the good of the relationship, you put the other person first. That's what it means to submit. It means to come under someone else and say, I'm going to do what, you, what we're talking about. I'm going to put you first because I want to advance our relationship. The word submit literally means to yield or defer out of respect. So I want to eat Chinese tonight, but I know you don't like Chinese, so instead we're going to go to your favorite restaurant. Not because I'm forced to, not because I'm scared that you're going to beat me up, but because I love you, I'm going to willingly yield to what you want to do. The idea that the Bible teaches that, that, that men are, are and husbands are just supposed to bark orders at their wife, get in the kitchen and do what I tell you to do, that is not found in Scripture at all. And anyone that teaches that does not understand what biblical submission is. At the exact same time, there are a lot of people who want to push back on this verse because they just don't like the word submission. And I hear it all the time in church circles. I hear it from Christians who say, I just don't like that word. I don't care what it means. I don't care how you explain it. I don't like the word submit. And I'm not going to submit to anyone. Can I just tell you that every relational issue is a sign of a lack of submission? Every relational issue. Anytime you find struggle in a relationship, whether it's a friendship, whether it's at work, whether it's with neighbors, whether it's with a husband and wife, or even with kids, anytime there is relational issues, it is screaming that it is a sign that someone is unwilling to mutually submit. But don't miss why Christians are called to submit, because this is so important. And if you miss this, you'll miss everything about this verse. The verse says, Ephesians 5.21, submit to one another. Why? Out of reverence for Christ. This is so important for Christianity. And this is a big reason that a lot of people struggle in their faith. Because they don't want to submit to a human because they've never submitted to Jesus. The reason that we are supposed to submit to one another is because out of reverence for Christ. Now, if you want to push back on the word submission or the idea of submission, like that is totally natural. Humans, we don't like to submit. We don't like to do what we don't want to do. We want to do what we want to do every time we want to do it. We are selfish creatures. But as Christians, we're called to a higher standard. And the higher standard for Christians is to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. 
Now, Paul, who wrote this to Christian households, he gives this very similar idea in another one of his letters. In Philippians, Paul says this, Philippians 2, 3 through 4. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Now, in this verse, you don't see the word submit. The word is not mentioned in this word at all. But the idea of submission is here. That you are to yield to one another. That you are to consider other people's interests even ahead of your own. That's how to have healthy relationships. Now look at what Paul says, the reason that we are to do this in Philippians 2, 5 through 8. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Paul says that in our relationships with one another, we should have the same mindset of Jesus, who was in heaven, and he's equal with God, but he did not consider equality with God something to be held on to. What that means is that God, God has always existed and Jesus has always existed. And there was a part in time where Jesus was in heaven and he made the choice to come to earth. Let me just put that in perspective for you just for a second. If you lived in paradise in a mansion where there were no mosquitoes and the weather was always 75 with zero humidity. And you were living literally in paradise and Thousands of miles away, there were some slums where it was nothing but problems and nothing but issues. Why in the world would you want to leave paradise to go to the slums? You wouldn't want to do it. You wouldn't. But that's what Jesus did for us. That Jesus was in the perfect, perfect place of heaven. And yet because he loved us, he came to earth. Jesus, put this in a context, Jesus submitted to us. So with these verses, here is, here's the takeaway that we can have from this verse. If you're taking notes, you can write this down or feel free to take a picture of this. It's difficult to submit to one another when we haven't submitted to Jesus first. Anyone that thinks that submission is a power play or that you, if you're a strong person, you don't need to submit, doesn't understand what Jesus did for us. Jesus is God of the universe, the strongest being ever, and yet he willingly laid down his life on a cross for us. That, that's crazy, and that's something that you should never get over. You should never get over the fact that Jesus died for your sins. And not because he was forced to. Did you know that there was a moment where Jesus is like crying in the garden, and he's like, God, if there's another way, would you provide another way? Because I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure about this torture and pain, and there is no other way. And so Jesus chose to do that. You know, at any moment, he could have said, I'm out of here. These people aren't worth it. They don't love me. They don't worship me. They are stubborn. They are problematic. I'm not going to die for them. But Jesus willingly laid down his life for us. So in any time there's a, a relational issue and you're like, I don't feel like doing that, you are called to have reverence for Christ, to think about Christ. Well, what would Jesus do and what did Jesus do for me? Christian submission means putting God's desires above your desires. That's what Christian submission means. Putting God's desires above your desires. 
So if you're ever in a situation where you're like, you know, yeah, I don't really feel like doing whatever. Well, what does Paul say to do? Paul says that you are to consider what Jesus did for you. So when it comes to things like honoring God with our sexuality, we're called to be pure. But what if I don't want to be pure? Consider what Jesus did for you. Christians are supposed to honor God with our finances. But what if I don't want to honor God with my finances? What if I don't want to trust him? Consider what Jesus did for you. Christians are supposed to serve one another. But what if I don't want to serve? What, what if it's just too hard and it's too complicated and I don't like it? Well, it doesn't matter. You are to consider what Jesus did for you. When you understand what Jesus did for you, it puts submission in the right place. Because of his love for you, Jesus willingly submitted to you so that you could have a relationship with God. Ephesians 5.21, let's look at it again. It says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. This word submit is not something that you are forced to do. Think about it this way. In your relationship with Jesus, is he forcing you to do anything? Like in your relationship with Jesus, in the times when you didn't feel like obeying, did you get struck with lightning? Is Jesus like, you know, I'm going to smite you, you evil human being. And then you're like, okay, God, I'm sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything I'm supposed to do. Jesus doesn't force us to do anything. If you don't want to worship Jesus, you don't have to worship Jesus. If you don't want to serve Jesus, you don't have to serve Jesus. He gives you the freedom to choose. He does. He gives us the freedom to choose. He's not forcing us. But this is what's beautiful about this is what's beautiful about love. Anytime you have a relationship where someone tries to force you to do something, you will not, you will not see a picture of love. It's like what Pluto says, uh, the great philosopher. He says that nothing taught by force stays in the soul. Submission is not forcing someone to do what you want them to do. Because if you force someone to obey, you don't have their heart. If Jesus forces us to obey, he knows he's not going to have our heart, that we're going to obey because we don't want to get nuked by the God of the universe, but he doesn't have our heart. And in your relationships, if you are trying to force someone else to submit to your will, can I just tell you, you will never have their heart, ever. Submission is not about forcing people. It is about yielding to one another. And Jesus shows us that submission is a sign of strength, and to not submit is a sign of selfishness. I really hate any time I'm in a circle with Christians and a Christian speaks up and starts saying, I just don't like submit and I just refuse to submit and I just hate that word submit. Anytime they say that, I hate it because when I look at their relationships, they struggle relationally. Every time someone says, I just don't want to submit, I don't like it, when I look at their relationships, I'm like, well, it shows. And I'm not trying to be mean, I'm not trying to be judgmental, but the reason that we don't have healthy relationships is because we refuse, we refuse to submit. Every broken relationship is an example of a lack of submission. Selfishness ends when submission begins. And all of us as human beings, we're selfish. And if you want to destroy your selfishness, start trying to submit as Jesus has submitted to you. There are some things that you may not want to do, you may never feel like doing, but if you want to have healthier relationships and start destroying the selfishness that lives inside of you, start practicing submission. 
Now, every relationship that struggles, it is a sign of a lack of mutual submission. And if you think that phrase is a little strong and you're like, no, I've had relationships and struggle. It had nothing to do with mutual submission. If that is your take, let me just show you something that is very insightful in my opinion. The opposite of the word submit is something that you may not know or, or be shocked of. The opposite of submit is the word disagreement. Now, when I think about the opposite of submit, I think of, of you know, someone uh, just doing what they're told to do, someone being passive or just willingly following orders. But literally look it up in the dictionary. When you look up the word and you look up antonyms or you look at the opposite of submit, the opposite of submit is disagreement. So in every relationship, when you have a disagreement, it is a sign of a lack of submission because one of the people involved does not want to see the other person's perspective. One or both people involved do not want to submit to one another. And the reason we have broken relationships that don't get mended is because people do not want to submit. Why? Because the opposite of submit is disagreement. Submitting means putting others before yourself. It means not always doing what you want to do. And can I just tell you that we want to push back on that? We, we want to do what we want to do. But can I just tell you in my life what I've found is that I always end up getting to do what I want to do when I put other people first. When you put other people first and you, you try to say, okay, hey, it may mean I don't get to do this right now. I don't ever go without. I don't, I don't ever like lose out or not get to live my life because I've chosen to put someone first, and you won't either. What you will have is a healthy relationship. Submitting is attention. It's a tense word, and it's tense in relationships. Every relationship that you have will involve some tension. Look at what Proverbs 27, 17 says. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. How do you become sharper? How do you become stronger in your life? Another human being. And the greatest way that God has given us the ability to be sharpened is in the marriage relationship. And it's why marriage is so hard. Because in order to have a successful marriage, you need to have two people who are constantly trying to out-submit the other person. And every relationship will be difficult. At Next Level, we talk a lot about groups, and we want you to join a group. And I, I would love it if one day we could get to a place where 100% of the people who are at Next Level would be a part of a group and would just prioritize group. I think groups are so important, but can I just tell you that groups are difficult. And the reason that groups are difficult is because people are difficult. But not every difficult person in your life is supposed to be avoided. God puts some difficult people in your life because you need sharpening. You want to become more like Jesus? Love someone that's annoying. You want to become more like Jesus? Love someone that you disagree with. You want to become more like Jesus? Love someone who has a different political view than you. You want to become more like Jesus? Learn to submit. The only way to sharpen yourself and to become better is to embrace the tension of relationships. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. This is why God gives us relationships in order to refine us. We cannot be refined without some tension. And can I just tell you that some of you are pushing against the tension? Some of you, God has given you a difficult boss, and the boss is not 
toxic. The boss is not evil. He just doesn't let you do everything that you want to do, and you hate it. But maybe God put that person in your life to refine you. And for some of you, you have some relationships where you're just like, oh, they get on my nerves. They just do things differently than I do. Well, maybe it's because they're a sharpener and you're a knife. And maybe God put that difficult person in your life because he wants you to look more like him. You know, if Jesus only loved perfect people, he wouldn't love any of us. If Jesus stopped loving us because we were annoying or because we sinned or we made mistakes, like none of us would have the love of God. We have the love of Jesus because he willingly submitted to us. So in your relationships, before you leave, before you break it off, before you yell and scream at them, before you talk about how horrible they are, would you go to God and would you say, okay, God, is this a relationship that you've put in my life because you want me to embrace the tension? Is this a relationship that you want to refine me in? Is this a relationship that you want to teach me what it means to love like you love me? God gives us relationships in order to refine us. Will you pray with me, God? We just come before you and we thank you that you are a God who is so patient and so gracious. God, you're a God who doesn't give up on us. We are stubborn people. We are disobedient people. We are people who don't want to submit. But Jesus, you willingly laid down your life for our sin. You submitted to us. The God of the universe submitted to us. And God, we thank you for that. We praise you for that. And we just ask, God, that you would help us to have healthy relationships that ultimately model your love for us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's sermon. If you would like to hear more, please visit our website at nextlevelchurch.net. You can also follow us on social media at nextlevel757. Join us next time.